You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Good morning. Happy New Year. It's close enough, right? In Jesus' name, we're all going to make it till tomorrow, so happy new year, <laughs> day ahead of time. Everybody have a good Christmas. Yeah, awesome. Good. Glad that uh, you are here. Man, feels good to be in church. Missed one week, and it just feels like an eternity, so just honored to be here with you. My name's Cody, campus pastor. If you're visiting for the first time, uh, I want to tell you welcome. Church family, would you welcome any first-time guests who might be in the room with us? Thank you so much for coming. Just believing that God's going to touch you today if he hasn't already. Um, man, can you give it up for the worship team as well? Just such a beautiful thing. It's just really, really fun to see the Lord at work in so many different ways. Um, I'm going to pray for just a couple of minutes, and then uh, we're going to dive into this talk, I guess is what it's going to be called today. Uh, I don't know how polished this message is. Honestly, I just want to share with you uh, what I feel like the Lord is saying about 2024. Um, this isn't a, um, uh, I'm not trying to be one of the, I'm not trying to be like, it's the year of prosperity or it's the year of breakthrough. I just wanted to tell you what I feel like the Lord is saying. And so um, I'm going to do my best to not make it any more awkward than I'm already making it. So I'm going to pray and ask the Lord for help first because that'll be, that'll be a good thing to do. Father, thank you for your word. And as we dive into it, God, I pray that you would, uh, you would pull on um, every string within us that needs to be pulled on, that we would fall more in love with you, God. Father, that we would fall more in love with you. If we have you, God, we have everything. If we have relationship with Jesus, we have it all. Jesus and nothing else is enough. Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you've done for us in this year, God, and what you do in your faithfulness year in and year out, day in and day out. Every single moment of every single day, you're, you're constant. You never change. Your love doesn't waver. And this morning, I'm telling you thankful. Thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Ask you to help us this morning as we hear and read and speak your word. And that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to touch us, to revitalize us, rejuvenate us, fill us as we sing. We need your help, Lord. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share some things and then uh, we're gonna finish uh, just with, with that, uh, asking the Holy Spirit to fill us. Uh, I'm gonna share some things in this uh, talk uh, just about some of the things about Jesus' life and even the way in which he uh, 
not to get too far ahead of myself, but uh, just to give you an idea of what I want us to end with. But Jesus, uh, and we'll read this, Jesus was baptized, we know, by John the Baptist. And when Jesus came out of the water, we remember what happened in scripture. It says that the heavens opened, the clouds opened, and the Father spoke, this is my beloved Son on whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus, uh, and Jesus was empowered by this in this moment. You go forward into the book of Acts. It says that you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus is empowered in this moment and then he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days, 40 nights. And it makes this statement at the end of all of that in Luke chapter two, he says, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want us to end the service in the power of the Holy Spirit. I, like Kyle was talking just a moment ago about finishing strong. Uh, Jesus started in the power of the Holy Spirit in a, in, and then walked into temptation, finished, and came out returning in the power of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we're gonna land this plane today at the very end of service uh, just asking the Holy Spirit to fill us again. Just asking the Holy Spirit for a fresh and filling. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm just... I'm not, uh, I'm just believing that he's going to prepare you, amen? He's a much better preparer of your heart than I am, <laughs> amen? And so I just would ask you to trust him uh, with this time that we have uh, together. So Thursday, November 16th, 2023 at 8.56 p.m., I just left home church, got in my vehicle, and I heard in my spirit the words that 2024 will be the year of the sword, now, uh, I've been spending a lot of time in the book of Ezekiel. I don't know if you've read Ezekiel very much, but it's, it's hammered. It's hammered down on everybody all the time. So uh, he is just lighting people up. The Lord is just like, hey, prophesy this, and he prophesies it. Prophesy this, he prophesies it. it it's, it's really, really a heavy book. Uh, and so my first place of thought when I, when I heard the Lord say it's the year of the sword, uh, was the place of judgment. And I do believe that some judgment is gonna be involved in 2024, but that's not necessarily judgment coming from the Father to us. I believe that we're gonna find ourselves in some places of judgment from the people that may be close to us or just people in general. I pull over and wrote this down on my phone and. The sword in scripture, it represents a lot of things. Negatively, the sword in scripture, it represents difficulty. It represents strife and war and persecution. Positively, the sword in scripture, it represents the word of God, which is the truth. And so I would say this, I, I believe that 2024 is gonna be the word of the sword. It's gonna be the, the year of the word of the Lord, the scriptures. I believe that falling in love with the scriptures is going to be vital for your success in 2024. Yes, it should be our focus, it should be our drive, it should be our attention all the time, every time, anytime. But it's going to be even more needed and more known in 2024 than ever before. Deception is knocking all of the time and you're going to have to know the truth that is written in this book. You are gonna have to know it. You're gonna have to find it, you're gonna have to read it, you're gonna have to let it get in you. It's not gonna be something that you lean on from past generations that you're like 
connected to some relationship that your dad has with God and that's what you live your relationship. You're gonna have to actually have your own relationship with the Bible this year. You're gonna have to actually be a follower of Jesus because that's what followers do. I believe that 2024 will be the year of the truth, which is the year of the sword. We may find ourselves in various situations where we're faced with difficulty because of accusation and false judgments. At times it will seem that we are at war with those around us. And in those times, we will 100% have to settle things with the word of God, which is the ultimate truth. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 17, if you have a Bible, and also in 2024, bring your Bible to church. Amen? Amen. I'm not moving on until everybody says amen. amen. All right, so you just agreed that you're bringing your Bible to church in 2024. Ephesians chapter six. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So who's attacking in this? The devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. My fight is not against you. Your fight is not against me. It's not against your neighbor or the one that you go to bed with at night. It is against the devil. It's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Also jump with me to John chapter eight. I'm gonna read 31 through 35. There's gonna be a decent amount of scripture in this since we're talking about the word. And then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen? Every other theory, every other philosophy, every other way or potion or belief system it has failed or it will fail. The word of God will never fail and it always remains true. The Bible must govern every aspect of your life. Your marriages have to be filtered through the word. You don't get to say, I feel like the Lord is telling me to do something other than what scripture said. You can't. 
I, I feel like he's telling me to do something outside of his character and it's not God. This has to be the thing that you go back and you filter it through. It has to govern your parenting. It has to govern your living and your leading. It will always be the thing and it'll never stop being the thing that makes you free. I, I was remembering the words of my first pastor, his name was Trey Johnson, and he used to say this all the time. He said, my, your word level will determine your win level. Taking it back. He's like, the amount of word that you can put in you determines the amount of victory that you'll actually walk in. The amount of word that is in you will change your thinking, it will change your speaking, it will change your living, and you will see yourself living more victoriously because the scriptures don't lie and they set us free. Your word level will determine your win level. When I'm full of the word, I'm running over with victory because his words are victorious. Romans chapter 12, verses one through two. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The more my mind is renewed to the truth of this word, the less I think about worldly problems the way that the world thinks about worldly problems. Before you know it, you speak to things that are around you and those things start responding to the what you're speaking, if it's the word. Evil and wrong and disease, they start to get treated differently. They don't just get talked about, but instead they get talked to. You ever notice how sometimes we just talk about the things that the world's talking about? Like our conversations, we entertain some of the same topics. We have to actually start speaking to topics, not just talking about them. The longer that I talk about something that is negative, the longer I give it life in my, in my thought life. The longer I give it energy to continue to make its influence upon me. But when I start talking to it the way that it should be talked to, if it has a negative connotation, it has to submit and it has to change. What are you entertaining? And what will you entertain? What conversations will you have? And what conversations won't you have? When his words flow out of my heart because I know them, evil, wrong, and disease, they start to submit quickly. My whole life, when I was a kid, I dealt with allergies really bad. I'd get sent home from school. They would say I had pink eye. All the time, it was just allergies. And uh, this bothers me, you know. And uh, I, I was working for my stepdad's parents, and they had about five acres of land, and I would have to mow this every now and then, riding lawnmower. And uh, it would just I'd be a dust bowl, you know what I mean? Just, just a dust cloud like a haboob every time I, I mowed, just, you got dirt in places you didn't know existed. I'd be sneezing my head off and just be so mad. And I started learning about the word and I started learning about the confession and the power of the word. I would sneeze and I'd plead the blood of Jesus over myself. 
I'm not even kidding out loud. I'd just be sneezing, and every, for every sneeze, I was confessing the word. I'm healed by the Lord. By his stripes, I'm healed. Sneezing. Nose just pouring. And I just kept doing it over and over and over and over and over. If you would have been able to hear me, you would have thought I was a crazy person. But I can't just talk about the allergies because it's allergy season. I have to speak to the allergy until it has to get behind me. Because I'm in Christ, I am the healed of the Lord. My allergies are completely different today than they've ever been. And I've never stopped doing that one thing every single time I sneeze. I confess the truth over what the enemy wants me to accept as my reality on the earth. My wife, love her so much, she's amazing. And we're all guilty of just saying things. I say things, she says things, I'm sure y'all say things. We had uh, a kid over that was playing with Griffin, our eight-year-old, the other day. That night, we get a, Stacey gets a text from the, the, the parent of the kid. Hey, just wanted you to know, uh, so-and-so's throwing up everywhere and got a fever. And Stacey's like, oh, great. And I'm like, no, no, no. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Like Psalm 91 just starts flowing. And does that seem correcting? Yeah, because sometimes we need correction. That I don't just get to accept the fact that the flu is in my house and I should just expect it to get on my kid eventually. No, it can die in the presence of the Lord in my house. That's what 2024 has to be like. That has to be the year of the sword, where you actually take the sword out of the sheath and when sickness is in your home or you've been exposed to it, you start swinging it so that it changes and it's cut down to the realization that it's just a deception of the enemy to get you off track. It's his goal. We have to know him. And the thing is that he gave himself to be known by the giving of himself through his word. John chapter one, one through five, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it or the darkness did not overcome it. Know Jesus, I'm sorry, know the word, know Jesus. If we don't know him through his word, then we will just know of him. And moving forward, that could be very dangerous. If we don't know him through his word, then we just know of him. It's just hearsay. Acts chapter 19, verse 11, now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Do y'all know how offended we would be right now if I just started handing like, handkerchiefs out and just said, hey, will you take this home if you're sick? You'll be fine. We would be so ticked off, just offended like crazy. But he did this. This is then some of the itinerant Jewish 
exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, watch this, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, it's never good when it just talks right back to you. That's when you know it's like, oh, this could be a long one. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on, on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's interesting. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That's roughly between 1.5 and 5.5 million dollars, FYI. So the word of the Lord grew mighty, mightily, and it prevailed. The only reason that Paul was known by the evil spirit was because the authority that Paul operated in, and that was the authority of Jesus. Paul didn't just know about Jesus, Paul had a relationship with Jesus. Paul had dove into the teachings of who Jesus was. He was taught by revelation, by Jesus, who is revelation, about himself. These guys that chose to borrow, if you will, the name of Jesus, they got whooped. It's, it's not enough to know about Jesus, you have to know him. And they thought, you know what, here's what we'll do. We saw this work for Paul. He, he did some things and his handkerchiefs are doing things. They've done more things than I'm doing. Apron don't even breathe and it's healing people. They're like, I, I cast you out in the name of Jesus that I heard about. Have no personal relationship with Jesus. There's a complete different thing about knowing of Jesus and knowing Jesus. And moving forward, you're going to have to know Jesus. And you're gonna to have to know him through the revealing of himself through his word. You can't borrow it. Early in the year, I, I talked about the oil and the, 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 the foolish version, the virgins, and how the fact that when the bridegroom came in the moment, they didn't have any oil for their lamps and they tried to borrow oil from the ones that did collect oil and it didn't work out for them. Knowing Jesus is going to have to be everything in this season. Instead of them actually knowing Jesus and having the same authority on their life to drive out the demons, they tried to borrow it and it just didn't work. Know the word and you know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is life. The other thing about the word is this, the word of God has to be submitted to. It's not good enough just to read it. It has to be acted on, otherwise it's of no effect in your life. 
You're just full of knowledge, puffed up walking around, and you'll probably actually use the scriptures in a wrong way to actually cut someone when you actually should use the scriptures to love someone. If you just know it, you'll utilize it in a prideful way. If you submit to it, it will show up for you. As you are humble, you'll get more grace. James chapter 2, 19 and 20, it says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. It's nice when he cuts us down to size like that. Uh, he says, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? The word is designed to produce faith in your life, and faith comes when you actually apply the word in your life, when you obey it, when you test it, when you utilize it, not just that one time, but all of the time. Can I tell you this? We have to get the, this thought process or this, this verbiage out of our vocabulary. Well, I tried what the scripture said and it didn't work. Did the scripture change? Did you open it the next time and it said something way different than the first time? Because I'm pretty sure every time I open it, it says the same thing. So I don't get to have the excuse that I tried it and it didn't work. If I say that I am a follower of Jesus, then I say that I believe fully in everything that he's given for me. In all scripture, the word says is God breathed. The word is designed to produce faith and faith comes when I act and I obey and I live upon and build my life on his word. I would say this, uh, are you okay? Sorry, I told you this can be a little different. Uh, disobedience and disregard to the word is to blame for it not working in your life. Disobedience and disregard to the word is to be blamed for it not working in your life. Because I can promise you the word isn't broke. And I can promise you that it isn't out of date. The word decides what time it is not the other way around. That's the truth. Well, times have changed. And you're seeing this happen behind pulpits all across the country. Now God is not a he, it's a they. It's a them, it's whoever y'all want it to be or they want it to be. We know who we believe God is. It's as if they're saying like, the times have changed and so does the scripture. No, the scripture is still waiting for all of them jokers to actually figure out what time it is. And they're on the wrong time, FYI. Please pay attention, seriously. Please pay attention to what you're listening to. I'm not telling you that everything that I say is 100% accurate or right. I am trying to aim for that but I promise you I'm gonna say something wrong. I didn't go to seminary, I didn't go to Bible college. If that, if that disqualifies me in your eyes, sorry. The Apostle Paul didn't go to those things either. He wrote a lot of stuff. The word works. It will work for your marriage, 
It will work for your parenting. It will work for your finances. It will work for anxiety. It will work for depression. It will work for sadness. Notice that I said it will work for anxiety, not for your anxiety, because you actually don't have to accept the fact that you have anxiety, according to the word. It might be influencing you, but you don't have to say that it is mine. Because healing actually is yours, according to the word. Because by his stripes, you were healed. We just have to change the way that we're talking, and we have to change the way that we're talking according to this thing. Anxiety's around me. Yeah, it doesn't have to be mine, though. Oh, y'all getting, y'all like, he's getting into that word of faith thing, that name it, claim it. Yes, I am. I am. Because I believe he is that good. I believe that there is a reality on the earth that we are supposed to be walking in. It looks like heaven. And I promise you won't be walking around heaven saying, why, man, my anxiety today is just through the roof. You won't be saying that. So why say it here if you're not going to say it there? Why not allow the word to change your reality on the earth? Why not claim with your words, according to scripture, that I actually am not anxious? That is naming it and claiming it. You can claim whatever you want, but in 2024, I ain't claiming that. That's just my plan. The word works. Isaiah 55, I'm not beating y'all up, promise. If y'all feel beat up, so do I. So. This is for us. We got to swing this thing. Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 13. For as the rain comes down, this is how I know the word works. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be uh, to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. In other words, Instead of cursing, you get blessing because his word always performs because he watches over it to make sure that it does. If he said you were going to be healed, expect healed. If he said you're going to be prosperous, expect prosperity. If he said saved, expect saved. I just want you to know Jesus. That's really why I'm saying all of these things. I want you to know Jesus. More than anything else. More than you walking in your gift. More than you having a successful business. More than you making a million dollars. More than any of those things, I want you to know Jesus. Because he is the only thing that will ever satisfy you. He chose to reveal himself through his word. And the scary thing is, is that 
We can make a God we can't see say anything that we want him to say. This is true in my life. This is true in your life. This can be true in moments like this. We need to know what he said because deception and smooth talking is knocking at the door, begging for an audience. There are belief systems now that think that, nah, I'm not going to go there. That was going to be bad. That was actually going to be pretty prideful. In John, in Luke chapter 3, I, I talked about this a while ago, and Jesus gets baptized, but I want, I want, I want us to watch this for a second. Then Jesus, <clears throat> Luke 4, verse 1, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the, by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to be bread, become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word from God. But every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Sorry, somebody's ear dropping something to me. That's not the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to decline it because it's not the Lord. <laughs> uh, verse 5. Then the devil, taking up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and in a moment of time, and the devil said to him, All authority I will give you in their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. Now the, now the enemy is using the word to deceive Jesus. To keep you. And in their hands they should bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You should not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Jesus begins his, I'm sorry, Jesus began his Galilean ministry in this time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all of the surrounding region. Each time that the enemy tempted Jesus, Jesus answered with, it is written or it has been said. Even when the enemy used the scripture, Jesus actually knew the scripture. When I said a while ago, just be careful about what you listen to and who you listen to and just process, I hate that word right now, uh, filter, <laughs> Let's use that word. Filter what you're hearing through the word. Because even though it sounds good, even though it's the scripture, is it the whole scripture? Is it part of the scripture? And who is it actually making famous? Because the enemy was trying to make himself famous in this moment. And Jesus had every answer, and it was scripture over and over and over again. 
Jesus went in under the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture sustained him as the bread of life, and he came out still under the power of the Holy Spirit. The power never left him because he swung the sword. Interesting thing in verse 13. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, it says that he departed for a more, until a more opportune time. What I feel and sense that 2024 is also is the Lord's going to try to, I mean, the enemy's going to try to let this be an opportune time. It didn't work in this one moment. And then so he waited for a better time, another opportunity. Most of the time when the enemy comes, the more opportune time is a time when you're empty. Because you'll believe anything when you're empty, especially if it makes you feel good. Which is why so many people are being deceived right now because they're empty. And then someone comes and says something that makes them feel good and doesn't challenge them, and all of a sudden, it is the word. Matthew chapter 12, you can go read it. It talks about when an evil spirit is driven out of a person. He says when an evil spirit is driven out, that spirit leaves that man, and it goes and searches for a new place to live, a new, a new home. It doesn't find one, so it returns with seven more worse than itself to the place that it came, talking about a person. And it says that it finds that place clean, looks good, swept, and in order, but it finds it empty. And it re-enters the place that it came from, and the second state of the will you change me, Mike? says that it comes with seven more worse than itself. It finds it clean, swept, and put in order, but it finds it empty. And the second state of the man is worse than the first. The reason that it found, the reason that it was able to actually go and take up residence once again is because there was nothing on the shelves. There was no plan to fill back up after there was a void that was released. In other words, you have to have a plan. In 2024, you're going to have to have a plan. If anxiety plagued you this year, if depression plagued you this year, and you feel really good right now because it's been a holiday and it's the end of the year and you're looking forward to a new year, make sure you walk into the new year with a plan. And the plan has to be that you're filling yourself with the word so that there's something on your shelves so that when anxiety and depression comes back, the word says you actually don't have a place here any longer. That's what 2024 has to be. It has to be a utilization of the word in your life over and over and over and over and over again. That you're saying the things that Jesus said, you're hating the things that Jesus hated, you're loving what Jesus loved, that you actually sound like a robot when it comes to the things that you're speaking to and you're speaking against. If Jesus spoke against it, so do I. If Jesus didn't tolerate it, so do I. That is a great plan as you walk into a brand new year. That when it comes knocking at a more opportune time, if it, if it tried Jesus, it's going to try you. Make sure that there's something on yourselves. Make sure that your storefront is the, isn't the only thing that just looks good. 
Make sure that there's some inventory on your shelves in 2024 and let it be the truth of the word. Um, I'm fixing the finished. Sorry. When uh, Chris Valentin came in, in 2022, I was really excited about Chris coming and it was awesome. And we had lunch at my house afterwards and I worked up the courage to do something really courageous and vulnerable. Um, I don't normally do things like this, but I was like, man, I was just sitting at the table, I'm just working myself up. And I said, uh, <clears throat> hey Chris, would you give me a word? Chris is a prophet, if you don't know Chris Valentin. Uh, I was like, would you give me a word? He's like, you want a word? I said, yes, sir. He looked at me dead in the eye and said, read your Bible. I was like, you know how much courage I just had? <laughs> I felt like that balloon is just. <laughs> I was looking for like something elaborate, profound, future telling, future causing, faith giving, empowering. Oh wait, that's exactly what he gave me. That's exactly what he gave me in this moment. He pointed me to the word that is elaborate and profound and future telling and future causing and faith giving and empowering, but I actually, I wanted something other than the word. I wanted something that was going to be fresh and something that was going to be new. I have high value for prophetic ministry. We just had Ben Armstrong here last two Sundays ago. But can I just be honest? Sometimes prophetic ministry is so attractive that the word becomes something that we look at with, a, with dullness and we flock to what is the new fresh thing that the Lord is saying. But this thing tells us what time it is. I want prophetic words, but it can't supersede what he already said. And my desire for the prophetic can't be greater than my desire for the written word of the Lord that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. I want both. So I definitely repented of the It's like, Lord, I'm sorry about that. I won't do that anymore. Um, we all stand up with me? I'm sorry. We're just gonna, I told you it's gonna be a little awkward, different. I'll just land it with this. Um, I think too often we put the word of God down because we say we don't understand it. But we don't quit our jobs when we don't understand something. We don't stop parenting our kids because they're doing something that we don't understand. When we <laughs> don't know how to do something on Instagram, I promise some of y'all ain't quitting. <laughs> y'all posting triple filter pictures and things. Why? It's because we search the things out that mean something to us. And the word has to be one of those things. It can't be, I just don't understand it, so I don't read it. 
There's a lot of incredible resources online that you can dive into. I use this website called Bible Hub all of the time. In one place I can read commentaries about scripture, I can learn the Hebrew and the Greek definitions of words and why a word was used in the place that it was used because I need to understand those things because I don't know them. But this has value to me because it's life. And the things that mean something to us, we won't just put down, we'll actually search and we'll research and we'll Google. There is no shame in Googling. What does this scripture mean? We sit there with our Bible open like Holy Spirit, supernaturally speak loud so that I can hear. Or have a, will you just send a dove by with a, a note that says, thus saith the Lord, this is what this scripture means. Google that thing, seriously. Like call someone, jump online, go on YouTube. Do you know how many times I just, I'll type in a topic on YouTube and listen to as many messages on that topic as I can. Search the thing out. Please in 2024, don't have the excuse of, I just don't understand it, so I don't read it. New Living Translation is a great translation. We got some things that we're working on. Uh, we've got a family in the church that wants to buy every single person in our church a Bible, whether you have one or you don't. Um, so there's some things that are happening, but make sure that you swing your sword this year. Make sure that it's not something that looks good and and, and, and can be utilized and is sharp, but it sits in a really pretty sheath and never gets utilized. We have to swing it this year. Deception and the enemy wants to talk you so much out of who the Lord says that you are. This has to be the thing that you go back to over and over and over again to find your identity. It is in there and it is for you. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.